Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios, it is the Wolf and Luke show on a Friday. Cinco de Mayo. Game three. Am I missing anything? Uh, no, tunnel time. You're missing that right now. I didn't miss it at all, ladies and gentlemen. I got ready for the show the way that I should have. Got all jacked up. Metaphorically speaking, as if I were back in the tunnel, coming out with eye black under my eyes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You can feel it right now. I feel the energy. This is what I love. I love this. This is the reason why, even though I'm slow in 60, still savage, though, base and onions, but slow in 60, even though I am right now. Every time I put the headsets on, <laughs> it reminds me of what it was like to walk out of that tunnel, man. And this is this has got me jacked up, Luke, because tonight, with the Phoenix Suns, we get resolution. Do you really think Aaron and I missed tunnel time? What do you mean? Our desks oh, are yeah, not right. That no, far exactly. Away. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I do. I, based on earnings, I play some music, uh, just like I would listen to for the most part. Uh, getting ready for a game, come out, tunnel time. There are some good songs that are really, really good to get ready for a football game and want to drive somebody into the ground. And oh, I don't know, maybe with the buckle right across his back where he's bleeding. <laughs> That's uh, it's not the worst thing that could happen either. This is what happens when it's Friday it, and we've been waiting seven months for a basketball game. This is what this is it. It feels like a holiday. Days. They're actually playing a game. Doesn't it feel like a holiday? It feels like a three-day weekend. Yes, it's up. better than that, though. It's better, Basinonians. And the reason why it's better is because this is game three. We get resolution on this series tonight. Well, <laughs> we hopefully. do. Explain your resolution. I would I would okay. like things to be a lot cloudier this? after tonight. How about tonight? this right now? Um, down 2-1 or down 3-0? You tell me. Down 2-1. What does 3-0 say to you? Uh, 3-0. We all know what 3-0 says. Okay, Nobody's ever say? won. You're Nobody the, has see, ever won a series in up. the NBA down 3-0. You brought this up. Yeah. Say it again, Luke, so people I, hear this. I, I would Once assume again. they're saying it's at the Suns practice facility. You don't want to go down 3-0. Here's the list of teams that have come back from down 3-0 okay, in the NBA. In NBA history. Okay, let me How long has the pen. NBA been a league? It's, it's, yeah, it's at been least, a long time. I don't know. Uh, I don't know Luke, I don't know what I had for dinner last okay. night. <laughs> what? Okay, go ahead. Here's the list of teams. Are you ready for all of them that have come back from I down 3-0? <laughs> You're waving a blank sheet of paper around. You mean zero? Zero, ever. So okay. don't lose tonight. Okay, so base and onions 2-1. Oh, here we go. Okay, 2-1. Game four coming up. You know what? We can tie this thing up, and we got ourselves an old-fashioned series. We got our side. We're staring at seven games at that point in time. That looks good. I'm all for that. I'm great. I'm down with that right there. You lose this game? Luke just told you. So what kind of resolution are you really going to get tonight? You're going to, hey, there's still hope that it's going to be a series or it's not going to be a series. If you win tonight, don't don't you almost feel like you did when the series started? I think for me, if, if it's if it's two to one and the Suns just won a game without Chris Paul and they've won the most recent game 
I almost feel like I did when the series started. Yeah, I, I shouldn't for say me, that. I, I got to see. I got to see him win both. I got to hold well, sort yeah. of just but like I'm just the saying, Nuggets did. When you wake up tomorrow, if the series is two one, you absolutely feel like it's a series again. Absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, two uh-huh. one. Just say it out loud. It's two one right now. Each team has won their home game. Of the three games, each team won their home. Well, game. and I'm always big on, and the Suns won the most recent game. I mean, we had this conversation before the series even started. You're you said, right would about you rather that. have yes. them if, if they had the split games yes. one and two? Which one would you rather have them win? I'm always big in a best of seven series. Yeah, okay, the series is close, and we just won the most recent game. I think I laughed at you at that point of time. Look, you're so funny. How's your tooth over there? I, you know what? It, That's it, also a factor. Stop it! Don't, I, don't get me don't get me sidetracked right now because spit and chiclets. That's a real possibility. That could happen. But do you think you're not sidetracked right now? I, I yeah. <laughs> What were we supposed to talk it's about? Like a guy because driving I... through a cornfield being like, hey, quiet down, I'm trying to concentrate. <laughs> I am, though. It's one of the things I love, Basin Onions, when I put the headsets on and, and I start talking about sports. I remember what it was like, the intensity level. Yes, I, I, I never played in a playoff game, so you know what? These guys, have they've got a higher intensity level than I'll ever know, yet at the same time, man... When I walked out of that tunnel, I, the, the hair on the back of my neck stood up, and I knew it was because of what could happen and the fact that it was here. And this is exactly how I feel about Game 3 tonight with the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. This is it for the Suns. It is. They have to draw a metaphorical line in the sand and say, this is it. Ah. Man, it's going to be crazy that in that building tonight. Who's going to step up? It's who's going to do it? And it's, it's not just KD. No. It's not just Devin Booker. It's role players. There's who's going to step somebody, up? Somebody, somebody, you're right. If the Suns win this game tonight, like, okay, here's the scene tonight. First of all, it's at Footprint Center. It's D-backs game downtown. It's going to be packed downtown. It's going to oh, be great. No. It is Cinco de Mayo. It's going to be a party. This place is going to be fired up, and the Suns just need to feed into that and just give the crowd reason to get more fired up as the game goes on. But to your point, if the Suns win this game tonight and completely alter the the course of this series, yeah, KD's going to have played well. Booker's going to have played well. DA's going to have played well. But there's going to be somebody who's a wild card that steps in. Maybe it's Terrence Ross dropping 17 points in this game. Maybe it's TJ Warren coming up big with a few you know, important shots in the fourth quarter. I don't know. Maybe it's Damian Lee. Damian Lee didn't play that bad last game. He just didn't score. But for them to get this series to 2-1... to one, Somebody that we're not thinking of is going to contribute in a big way tonight. And maybe it's campaign. Yes. Maybe it's campaign. That is it right there. It really is. Um, you know, let me get this out, ladies and gentlemen. This is, this is I'm processing live on the air right now. I got command and control of the like, oh my goodness, what is he doing right now? You know, I this is weird. This is this is me. This this is the way that I think. But it's it reminds me of J.R.R. Tolkien, ladies and gentlemen. Do you remember the legendary author, fantasy author, Lord of the Rings? Of course you know who he is. I know J. who he is. J.R.R. Tolkien. It's the end of my contribution to this conversation, but I know who he is. And, of course, warrior tribes in the past would drive their spears into the ground before their enemy as a symbol of their intent to 
die where they were standing, right? That Now, that's history, ladies and gentlemen, but Tolkien took it to a whole new level in the fantasy that he created, right? Lord of the Rings, where Gandalf was standing on the bridge at Khazad Doom, and there was a Balrog. And I know I'm geeking out a little bit right now, but this is what I love. I love I love the written word, and I love fantasy, and J.R.R. Tolkien, it doesn't get any better than that. And he's standing there on the bridge at Khazad Doom with the Balrog, and there's Gandalf, and he takes the spear and drives it into the ground and says, you shall not pass, right? You know it from the movie, but that was in a book, ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost. This is exactly what's happening for the Phoenix Suns tonight, metaphorically speaking, this is what's happening for them. That was game three of the book? Is that what you're saying? No, that was game three of the book That's right fair. there. In the minds of Moria, you shall not pass. You're down 0-2 in the series. The Nuggets have frankly embarrassed you. You're playing at home. You can hold serve and squarely get back in the series. Oh, and you don't have Chris Paul, which puts you on edge even more. The Suns have every reason to come out of the tunnel like they were standing on the bridge of Casa Doom. We got to get Wolf to talk to the team before the game tonight. I, I, seriously. Seriously, this is real, and it's going to happen. And it's going to happen right here in the basin, and it's coming your way. If you're going to Footprint Center, get ready. This is it. All right, when we come back, you raise the stakes a little bit more because yesterday the Milwaukee Bucks fired Mike Budenholzer. If he's gone, is anybody safe? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. Command and Control just firing off the late 90s rock. Yeah. I'm not ready for this. This is a good rejoin, though. Yeah, I'm ready for this, man. You're, you're ready for anything I'm, today. I'm ready for this right here. <laughs> um, I got a stat for you. Want a stat? No. Good, because my chair is stuck, so I can't just get it give it to you. me anyways, okay, though. here's the stat. Here's your last four NBA champions, okay? Okay. Did Golden State last year? Okay, Golden State last year. Uh, Milwaukee won the year before. We don't have to talk about yeah, that. Thank you. Uh, and the Lakers won the year before. We don't have to talk about that. And the Raptors won in 2019. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, uh, and one of the few times in NBA history of four different teams win in four years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, three of those four teams, those coaches are gone now. Nick Nurse not in Toronto. Frank Vogel not in L.A. And now Mike Budenholzer not in Milwaukee. Boy, what a kick in the cradle that is. I assume he's back in Holbrook right yeah. now. Wow. You got to be kidding me! So it's Steve Kerr, obviously. Steve Kerr is the only one left. Yeah, and then <laughs> that. just I still got it. Just to drive the point home, Steve Kerr won three of the previous four titles before all that too with Golden. State. Steve <laughs> Kerr know. sticking around. Uh, yeah, dynasty, I would say. Um, Mike Budenholzer out. I mean, I, look, I get it. It was a. It was that's not a good loss in the first round when you have the best record in the NBA. You can't do that. But still, man, the guy just won the title two years ago. Now, I know Milwaukee fans would tell you, yeah, he won that title because of Giannis. His players won that title, this and that. He just won the title two years ago. Two He's years not a ago. bad coach. What is going on? Not even two I years was... ago. It was like 22 months ago. Okay, the first thing I thought of, Basonians, when I saw this right now, would you say that Mike Budenhoser has a good track record? Would you say he's got a good track record as a coach in the NBA? <laughs> uh, they're in 
at like Don't one of the top two spots every year, and please, they've won a title. Please, they're a really, really good team, and he is an excellent coach, and you're going to fire him. When something like that happens, ladies and gentlemen, it tells me something got personal. It got personal. Somehow, some way, it got personal. And there was a mutual splitting of the ways, so to speak. Well, Even though they didn't say that, to me, it got personal and... Mike may have said something he shouldn't have said. Entirely possible, but let me throw you a couple audio cuts here. This is Mike Wilbon from yesterday, because again, there were a lot of people that thought that he was just winning because of the team that he had. Now, that wouldn't, even if that were the case, he wouldn't be the first coach in NBA history to just, do that. He still won. That's There's so dense. Plenty of teams and coaches that can't win with the talent they have. But anyway, yes. here's Mike Wilbon. They didn't win. It's bottom line to me. You got all those things. All those things suggest you've got the best team. That's right. And you didn't win. You, you won once with Giannis. You got to do better than that. And this particular and Rose pointed this out earlier in Sports Center. Remember earlier in his tenure, we thought that yes. he was going to be fired. Yeah. Because they didn't think they were getting enough out of him. That's right. Okay, so you went and you had the best record in the league. You were the odds-on favorite to win this championship or at least get to the finals from the East, and you didn't do it again. So you may have had the best team out there four or five seasons or four of the last five seasons and you won once. Not good enough. Two things coming out of that. Um. One, (laughs) just another reminder that the regular season means nothing in the NBA. Anything you you do as a coach or a player in the regular season seems to mean less and less by the second. The other thing I will give Wilbon there I do remember the year that the Bucks beat the Suns going into those playoffs. There were people like, hey, Budenholzer better win this year, or he's like, there were there was a line of thinking going into those playoffs of he's done unless he wins the whole thing, and then sure. obviously he won the whole thing. Yeah, you know, once again, there are two types of people in the world, those that believe coaching is all that in a bag of chips and those that do not believe that. And that is me right there. Give me the players. Give me the raw material. I understand you got Giannis. I do. But you you performed. You went out there and you did it. This year, okay, it didn't happen. You got knocked out in the first round by an eight seed right there. Does that mean you can't coach? I, I oh, he'll be somewhere else. I, soon. I just think it's it's the world we live in, based on our That's what it is. What have you done for me lately? Well, okay, then if that's the world we live in, and I'm not trying to start something, and the Suns are not done, but did we not all think, wow, Mike Budenholzer got fired? How big is this series for Monty Williams? Oh yeah. I mean, you want to talk about bowing out earlier than you should have last year? To me, the Suns losing to Dallas in the second round last year is the same as the Bucks losing to the Heat in the first round this year. The Suns won sixty four games last year. Yeah. If they were to bow out quickly again this year, and I mean like a five game series or something, I wouldn't fire Monty Williams. I think Monty Williams is a great coach, but the other factor here is you have a new owner. You figure if they bow out early, there's probably going to be some level of changes this offseason. No doubt. I'm not saying Monty's gone. I would not get rid of Monty Williams. But I'm just saying when you see something like that, it makes you think like, okay, there's more than just this series on the line for the Suns in some ways. Yeah, for me, based on earnings, I would not fire Monty Williams either. I would not do that. Okay, I wouldn't do it just like Luke. They could get swept up and fire him. Yes. um, Well, we'd talk about it. (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm (laughs) They get swept, we're not talking about anything. Anything on Monday. Honestly, is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. Anything's possible. Mike Budenholzer just got fired. Again. That's the the NBA, guy won man. he won the NBA championship. He won a world championship to not 20, even like two twenty two months ago. Twenty two yeah. months ago. Exactly. Are you kidding me? 
Um, okay, but anything's possible. We all know that, but only because of what Luke already said. The Suns have a new owner. Matty Ish, Matt Ishbia, did not hire Monty Williams or James Jones, for that matter. The, the big difference is James Jones has the advantage of being the one that acquired Kevin Durant for three more years after this postseason, not the one coaching him. And see, that's it. Strategically, you can say, we had a great plan. Strategically, uh, strategically, it says what you're going to do, right? Um, tactically, says how you'll get that done. And the coach is the guy that comes up with that tactic. I look at this right now as, and I we said this before they even traded for Kevin Durant. I remember saying on this show, if you're going to pull off a trade for KD, and at the time I was like, good luck. Uh, but if you're going to do it, I remember those days between when Kyrie got traded to Dallas and KD got traded to the Suns. We were out there at Media Row for the Super Bowl, and it was like two or three days. And I remember saying, if you're going to pull off a trade for him, you, you got to do it now so you have this season too instead of just getting him in the offseason. But the reality is, Yes, you've got him, and you you should be able to go on a run. Like you shouldn't be down two zero in the series. You should be able to go on a run, but you also have next year. To me, like you have next year and the rest of this year as like the the prime of this because you feasibly could still have Chris Paul next year and Kevin Durant's obviously still in his prime. But that just because I think that way doesn't mean the new owner of a team thinks that way. The new owner of a team might say, um, "I was the owner for like nine hours and was like we're trading for Kevin Durant." If we bow out in the second round to a team that I planned on being better than, do you really think that Matt Ishby is just going to sit there and not make any changes? Yeah, I think he probably will. He's going to do just, something. It's just me right now. Um, you're right. He's going to do something. Let's hope that something doesn't actually happen. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't happen. Let's hope the Suns rally here. They just and then win we'll the see series. Where they go and then there's no issues. From this point right here. You, there's an old saying that says disappointment is the spark to the flame, the fire that levels forests. Ladies and gentlemen, disappointment is the spark to the flame. And right now, imagine if the Suns lose this in five. Imagine, I just hypothetically, let alone if they get swapped. Think about that disappointment, that bitter taste that will be in your mouth as a Suns fan right now. It will create that spark. Who actually gets burned on it? I don't know. I'm going to be personally offended if they get swept, and it has nothing to do with me. But there's no reason for this team to get swept. I still think they can come back and win the series, honestly. I truly do. If they win this game tonight, it swings everything more than just one game. But I hear what you're saying. Because if you go out there and lose tonight, you're probably not winning the series. History would show you that 0% of the time you win the series down 3-0. Once again, think about that, what Luke just said right there. I looked that thing up because he talked about that yesterday. You're trying to prove me wrong. No, I was just looking it up, seeing what were the particulars behind it. And uh, although I don't have a, a... you know, two two hundred to three record or whatever. Um, what I did find is only three teams in the history of the NBA have come back, being down three nothing, have come back to force a game seven. Three teams, only three, have ever forced game seven after being down three zero, and they all three were the visiting team of game seven and lost that game. All three. So nobody has ever come back from being down 3-0 or 0-3 in this case. And that's what brings me resolution to tonight's game and just how critical it is. The Suns must 
win this game. Game three. They must. Or history says they're done. Yeah, this that's uh, the hard truth of it, Luke. This one go. You can go ahead and qualify this one as a uh, as a must win because Wolf just yelled. Must. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. So I think I think I'm this fired is fired up, dude. Teams with a three. I believe if you're down three zero, the the record for those teams is zero and one hundred forty nine in terms of winning the series. Okay, I think you I, actually looked it up. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, I think I'll double check this during the break. Feel better about yourself right now that you're actually. Yeah, it actually found makes me feel a lot worse about everything. <laughs> I could not find that number. Okay, great. I'd say that actually went and uh, ruined my day. To be honest, uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back. Where do the Suns stand down o two to the Denver Nuggets? We're going to ask their broadcaster John Bloom. He will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. All right, game three is tonight. It does kind of feel like a holiday because there's actually a game tonight after just taking this whole week off. And then Wolf, they're going to play twice before the next time we do a show on Monday. Joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now is uh, Phoenix Suns broadcaster John Bloom. Bloomer, what's going on? Luke, good morning. Uh, and it is a holiday. Uh, so if you're celebrating Cinco de Mayo, uh, felicidades out there. And if you are uh, celebrating the fact that it's game day like we are, uh, welcome to the club. And one other one to celebrate. If you are a Napoli soccer fan like I am, auguri, which is what they say in Italy for congratulations uh, as they won their first Scudetto in 33 years. And I'm still kind of basking in the glow in something I'm sure both of you have no knowledge of no, right now. Am I right thinking that? I don't hate that because I have like distant (laughs) relatives from an area near Naples in Italy. So if I were to be involved in this, that would be who I'd want to win. Uh, (laughs) Not where I thought this was going to start, but uh, (laughs) we're going to look at the game uh, tonight, Bloomer. And it's, you know, the stakes. I mean, you're down 2-0. Teams don't come back from down 3-0. But 2-0 is still manageable. We just saw Golden State do it in the last round. So to just start there, one game Sunday have to win tonight what in your mind is the biggest thing I think it's um, playing as a team, Luke. I think, you know, right now, the normal thing that happens when you get in a hole like this is uh, a lot of blame game, right? We're, we're trying to figure out who is to blame for the fact that the Suns lost the first two games in Denver. And uh, really, when you kind of zoom out from that and you look at it, you say, well, Denver was the top team in the Western Conference all season long. They have the most continuity of any team, really, in the league all season long. Uh, and so, did they do anything? Thing out of uh, character in those two games? No, I don't think they did. Uh, I think they held serve, and clearly in game one, they were super impressive. In game two, neither team was all that impressive, but the Nuggets used the momentum at the end, uh, and maybe some tired legs on the Suns' behalf, and the fact that they had lost their point guard in the third quarter. All that to their advantage, they got the job done. But now it's up to the Suns, and I, I heard Wolf uh, you know, talking about bridges I can't pronounce and stuff like that uh, with regards to the Lord of the 
rings reference. I love it. I do think, though, for me, the biggest thing is the Suns need to come out and play like a basketball team. It's a tricky thing when you haven't had uh, a massive amount of experience playing like a team, and we've talked a lot about that, but I believe they have it in them, and even with Chris Paul sidelined, I think it's going to be about going out there and playing the way that they've been practicing, the way that they've been training to play uh, under this coaching staff and with this group. Uh, That's what it's going to take tonight. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Johnny. Seriously, it's going to come down to the players as well. There are a lot of people that point to Monty Williams and want to see Monty Williams make some adjustments, uh, mess with his rotation here. How do you think Monty Williams has done through two games? I think it's just been something we've been watching happen uh, all together. And uh, the coaches, and it's not just Monty, but it's him and his staff have really been racking their brains because they've been trying to find solutions. It's not like they're just yeah. showing up and saying, all right, guys, here's the ball. Go ahead and play your best. That's not what they do. They're they're really they're, they're firing through all of the tape as much as you could possibly imagine. They're, they're going through all the matchup possibilities. They're trying to look into the past and see which guys have played well against which other guys and teams and all that stuff, right? So they have all that information at their disposal. In some cases, I feel like sometimes it can be too much information. Sometimes sure. you have to simplify. And in this case, you know, maybe that is what they're going to do, but it's, it's not easy to do that because, again, we're talking about additions, like adding a guy like Terrence Ross and T.J. Warren who have not seen the floor yet in this series or in the playoffs. Uh, and what that means is more tinkering and more adjustments and more new groups on the floor. And the biggest thing about being a team, I, and I'm not going to take that back. I'm going to rewind that for a second. It's not the biggest thing, but one of the most important things about being a team is establishing roles within that team, within that group, so that everybody knows exactly what they're being asked to do, makes it easier on them being able to accomplish uh, you know, that task. And that has been a challenge for this coaching staff. It's, it's because they're human. It's because they're looking out there in their room and they're seeing everybody with different skill sets and guys that can be uh, used in different points in time. There's not a guy on this roster that you look at and say, well, he can't give us anything. And, and that's a good thing, but it's also a difficult thing from a coach's standpoint. I don't envy it. I mean, I don't have the, the lineups and the rotations that I can tell you or the coaches, hey, why don't you guys try this? This is the answer. No, they're trying, uh, and hopefully tonight they come up with some better answers. Well, we're talking to John Bloom. Bloomer, uh, along those lines, I have, and I have nothing to base this on other than I remember the guy putting up 30 against Sacramento or 24 against OKC, but I have this odd feeling that Terrence Ross is going to give the Suns double digits off the bench, even if that's just 10 or 11 points, which is very odd since he's only played nine minutes in the entire playoffs. So in your mind, if they get a a scoring jolt off the bench tonight, who is it most likely to come from? I think he's uh, a, a possibility. I mean, look, the the reports are that campaign is going to be into the starting lineup, uh, and so if that's the case, uh, then you're going to probably have uh, you know either Josh Okogie or Tory Craig uh, on the bench as well. My hope is that one of those guys, based on the fact that they have been called on all season, uh, and with this group, I'm talking about playing as a team, that their teammates know what to expect from those guys. Maybe a little bit more than a guy like Terrence Ross and T.J. Warren, and that's what you have to consider. It's not just the trust that the coaches have in these players. It's the trust that the 
core group of guys that are playing the bulk of minutes have in those players as well. And so my hope is that we're able to see that. Now, one way it could happen faster than others is if guys like Devin Booker and Kevin Durant get out to quick starts and the Suns can open up maybe a little bit of a lead, putting less pressure on the guys coming off the bench to get the job done. I know that's maybe asking a lot against a team like Denver who's been playing very good basketball all year, but I think the Suns can do it, and I think a big part of it can be the atmosphere in that gym uh, and can be everything that, that uh, this game three is going to have to offer downtown. You know, last week, of course, I was laying there in bed and I woke up early at about 4.30 in the morning. My eye cracked open, Johnny. I thought, Devin Booker's going to go off tonight. And guess what? That's exactly what Devin Booker did. Had a legendary night. Went off. Do you have any feeling as to who might be the guy? We play a game called Kevin or Devin. Who's going to score more points tonight? Who's going to score more points? Is it going to be Kevin Durant or Devin Booker? Do you have an inclination, Johnny, as to which way you might go on that? It's a tr- it's it's tough, right? I mean, they've been neck and neck, and I I am a big fan of the game. I enjoy that you guys play it, uh, and I think it's all in good fun. Uh, and and obviously, uh, they both have uh, the propensity to go off, as you say, Wolf. Uh, I've been leaning on Devin Booker, uh, and I, I think the last time you asked me, you know, who was going <laughs> to step up, and it was after Game One against the Clippers, that loss at home. I remember it distinctly, and and I said, yeah, I, I think I'm going to put it on Book. I yeah. think it's going to be him. Uh, uh, and that game, he did go off in game two. And, and uh, I, I still think that this is the guy because I feel like the comfort level is there. He knows this is his house. Kevin Durant's still trying to get comfortable and, and kind of move into that house, isn't he? But it, this is Book's house. And uh, I think he shows it again tonight. Talking to John Bloom, uh, Bloomer campaign, like you said, there's a, a decent chance he's starting tonight, it sounds like. Either way, he's going to play a bigger role. We've seen him rise to the occasion in the biggest of moments for the Suns in the past. Now, it's been kind of uneven and inconsistent since then, but what is a realistic expectation from campaign tonight? Well, I will just look back at numbers because that's what uh, I tend to do, Luke. And when you when you evaluate how campaign has played in the starting lineup, uh, he's not only been good, but he's been consistently good, and that's what you want to see. Uh, you know, I believe the numbers are somewhere around 15 points, eight assists a game. His percentages are up. He just gets that boost of confidence when he knows his number is going to be called on, and he knows he's going to be getting that run and that opportunity, and he's not going to be looking over his shoulder wondering when he's getting yanked off the floor. That's a big deal. That's human nature. And that's a lot of, that's probably something a lot of people listening have felt before. Uh, and it's relatable. And I think uh, Turbo, as we like to call him, uh, man, if he can get into that Turbo drive tonight, that can really be a game changer. I know there's some people going, well, what do you mean? Chris Paul's out. The Suns can't possibly be better without Chris Paul. And that's rational to think that way. I mean, this is a guy that's arguably one of the best ever. And that's not even arguably. He's one of the best point guards ever. Okay? But I think when you put a guy like Cameron Payne in, and if he is able to recapture his form when he has been called on as a starter in the past, including in the playoffs, uh, then it does change the pace a little bit. It makes the Nuggets have to adjust, and that's a good thing right now because uh, the Nuggets are feeling good about being up 2 nothing. You've got to kind of try to take them off their rhythm any possible way. 
All right, we need you, Suns fans, more than ever to rally the Valley for Game 3 and Game 4. Text TICKET to 620-620. Register and listen for your name today during the noon and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for Game 3 and Game 4. Tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. Again, that's TICKET to 620-620. We come back. Can the Suns turn this around? Take a stand tonight and Sunday. John Bloom will stick with us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. All right, welcome back to the show. Obviously a pretty big game tonight, and you know, this is how you know it's a big game, Wolf. John Bloom stuck around for two segments. I know, Bloomer. He was going to watch those Napoli highlights, or he was going to go out and go golfing, or whatever it is Bloom does. He does a lot of things. Instead, he stayed here with us, because that's how big tonight's game is. Uh, all right, Bloomer. We're talking about uh, what's on the line here tonight, and obviously this uh, this weekend with the game Sunday as well. Um, we're going to get into this on the show a little bit later on, but... <laughs> If they win this game tonight, it really does kind of swing everything. It's not like all of a sudden they're they're in the lead in the series. I get that. But if you can win just one game tonight on your home court without Chris Paul, that puts a little doubt in Denver's mind, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt because we talked about it before. Uh, well, there will be doubt. I can't say there's no doubt. Uh, <laughs> there's no doubt we talked about be it before doubt. about the, the Nuggets feeling really good. They have to be feeling really good right now because they know in game two they didn't have their A game and they still won. And I think the Suns could come out tonight, you know, and, and not have their absolute A game and win, but it's going to take you know, that full team effort that we discussed earlier, uh, obviously you change the series one way or another, game three. It's, as uh, your partner would say, the fulcrum, is it not? Yes, it is. And, Johnny, DeAndre Ayton right now, um, tell me, what do you think DeAndre Ayton needs to do to give the Suns the best chance to win this game? What does he need to do? He's got to be full tilt. He's got to go out there, and uh, he's got to have that energy from the start. He's got to beat Jokic down the floor, which he's capable of doing. Hasn't done it consistently enough so far through the first couple of games, but he's got to do it, and I'm talking about both ends, offensively and defensively. When he gets down there first, offensively, he's got position. He's a weapon, and he's right near the hoop. You don't have to really think hard about why that's an advantage. He's the tallest guy. He's closest to the hoop. It's the easiest way to make a bucket. Let's get him the ball. And then on the other end, if he beats Jokic down the floor, he establishes that defensive position, which is so important for this team to have him anchor on that side. So I want to see that energy from D.A., and then the last bit about it is going to be something that the entire team needs to heed tonight, which is defend without fouling. Can't afford when you're even more strapped now that you don't have CP3 at your disposal to have anybody else getting in foul trouble to be limited uh, any more than you already are. So defend without fouling, it's another thing for D.A. to, to keep in mind tonight. Even with all that energy, he has to bring to the table. Johnny, I love, I love that answer by you. No numbers whatsoever. You didn't even talk about scoring at all. No numbers, nope. no scoring whatsoever. I love that answer, man. That's bad. That's what it is. I mean, look, we get so tantalized and caught up with numbers. It's, and it all starts with one. Number one, where he was drafted. Changes everything. 
absolutely tilts the entire way we evaluate a human being uh, on its axis because of where they were selected in a draft. And I get it. Uh, I totally understand the thought process. But all that's out the door right now. DeAndre Ayton is a weapon. He needs to be utilized as that weapon on offense and on defense. I think there is a clear uh, bond between him and Devin Booker in the way that they're able to operate as a two-man game. I'd like to see more of that. We saw some bits and pieces of them running pick and roll with KD and DA. I mean, that to me is, is almost unstoppable. I'd love to see some of that as well. And just in general, I think the Nuggets have done a great job taking the Suns out of their offensive sets. And the Suns need to enforce their will and be able to run the plays they need to run. It's going to make it maybe a little bit trickier with campaign at the helm and sometimes Devin Booker uh, as well, or point book as we like to call him. But uh, that's what's uh, on tap tonight. Bloomer, they did a really good job, the Suns did, in Game 2 of minimizing Jamal Murray's effectiveness. And I know he wasn't hitting shots either, but they, they clearly adjusted and had a pretty good game plan of, okay, maybe Jokic gets his points, but maybe Jamal Murray doesn't. But on the other end of the floor, and I know some of this is Aiton, but it's not just him, do you feel like they've attacked Jokic and his defense enough in this series? No, uh, and I think that's partially partially because of the way the other Nuggets are playing defensively. I think they have been excellent, and we knew KCP, uh, you know, has given Book some issues in the past and can play good perimeter defense. Aaron Gordon with his length, and Michael Porter Jr., who had been picked on the last time these two uh, went head to head, has not been. If you've noticed, uh, the pigeon, as they called him before, as much he hasn't been that guy. And maybe that's credit to the Nuggets for doing a better job disguising their approaches and hiding him a little bit, but I do believe that he, based on his size and athleticism, should be a decent defensive player, and it maybe looks like he's maturing into one. So that's great news for the Nuggets, not necessarily for everybody else. And with regards to your question and approaching Nikola Jokic, yeah, that's getting that ball to DeAndre early in the possession. I think that's one way to do it, because Jokic is going to hustle back to try to keep pace with D.A., and if he's given that effort sprinting back on defense, get D.A. the ball and take advantage of Jokic in that moment. I think that's something I would love to see out of the Suns. You know, once again, I think we're going to get resolution. Game 3 is here. 2-1 and 3-0. <laughs> or 0-3. You know, it, there's a huge gap, a huge chasm between 2-1 in a series and down 3-0. There's a huge gap right there. It's one of the reasons why I'm so jacked up, and I can't wait to see. Is it going to be Book? Is it going to be legendary Devin Booker? Is it going to be Kevin Durant? What's going to is it going to be a combination of the two right here? And then I think, I think of role players, and you've already talked a little bit on this, but I think of the one role who might be the one role player that steps up in game three and makes a decided difference for the Phoenix Suns. Who might be that person? You know, my hope is that it's Tory Craig Wolf because I feel like he can do it in in multiple ways. I mean, so can Josh Okoge for that matter. But we've seen Tory already catch fire in the playoffs, right? It's not like he needs to go back to a regular season game where he dropped twenty five like Josh has a couple of times, but. Already in the playoffs, Torrey had an excellent first round against the Clippers. So my hope is that he can kind of get that back, not only knocking down the corner threes, which he should get some good looks at, but also defensively and offensive rebounding. Yes. Uh, those are paramount for, for TC. So I'm going to stick with that. Uh, and then I, I also want to uh, wrap back to KD real quick uh, because we didn't, we didn't get a chance to talk too much about Kevin Durant during this conversation. And I read a piece this morning that I thought was fantastic on ESPN from a, a writer 
bartender named Ryan Hawkinsmith. I'm not really uh, familiar with Ryan, but I'm going to give him props on your show because I feel like he deserves it. He goes way back in this story with Kevin Durant uh, as a high schooler uh, and how the evolution of this man that I actually like to call the Durantula. That's my favorite of his nicknames, <laughs> although I haven't uh, had the conversation with him yet, but I've heard that he doesn't love that, so I haven't used it on the air, but now I just did. Uh, but not during a game, at least. You know, not like on a play-by-play call or anything like that. Uh, but just to see how this guy was created, and this tells a lot about who he is, the work ethic, how it happened, uh, and, it, and a lot of credit was given to uh, a young man who moved here from Japan who became friends with KD when they were 15 at a basketball camp. So that's as much information I'm going to give you and a little bit of uh, reading material for people who have some time today before we tip off Game 3. Yeah, looking at it right now, and, and I, I got through about half the story before. I'm going to finish it up uh, after the show, but it is, it's a good one, Bloomer. I'm glad you drew some attention to that. And then just sticking with KD, you know, we, you, you assume because we know Devin Booker better and he, he's just wired that way where he's going to take the fact that they're down 2-0 personally. And you know what that looks like with Devin Booker. It usually looks like a pretty good scoring night, but Kevin Durant, I mean, that game that he had the other night, while <laughs> stats wise, it's not terrible, but for him to miss 10 three pointers in the game, he's never done it. I mean, it just, Basic math would say KD bounces back in a pretty big way tonight, too. It would, and that doesn't mean, like you said, that doesn't mean 40 points or 50 points or something outrageous. What I'd love to see is him facilitating for his teammates again. You know, we saw, we've seen big assist numbers out of uh, KD already as a Phoenix Sun and certainly through his career. And so that's something that I think is, is absolutely important because it, when he is being double teamed, it's about making that right play. And so often in his career, he's done that. So my expectation is tonight he does more of that and that will lead to more assists. Now, obviously, the guys have to hit the shots, and that's uh, you know what you hope on. Again, those two axioms in the playoffs to be true. Uh, the whole uh, role players play better at home. Let's hope that's the case for the Suns, uh, and the whole the, the series doesn't start until the road team wins a game. Let's hope that that continues to be the case and that the series does not start tonight. Johnny, I know that everyone looks at the Joker and believes that, you know, it's, of course, he, he's the MVP, he's the head of the snake. Do you look at it that way? Where does Jamal Murray fall into the equation for the Nuggets? Jamal Murray is a stone-cold killer. I, I've always felt that, Wolf, and, and I have so much respect for him as a player, as a human being, what he's dealt with injury-wise, and, and the fact that he's back playing at this level. Uh, so, yeah, I think he, he absolutely is a big reason uh, for why the Nuggets are, are having success, but Jokic is phenomenal as well. Uh, look, I, I think Joel Embiid uh, was just as deserving of the MVP award, and I'm not surprised at all that he got it based on the fact that there are a good amount of voters out there that are probably looking at it and saying, can I really put Joker in the realm of the three-time MVP winners, the fact that he would have won three straight. Can we really do that? And I just didn't see them doing it. Even though his numbers and his team and their success uh, certainly would uh, tell you that he deserved it as much. So, not surprised uh, that Embiid won it and also uh, feel like Jokic was deserving. And this guy is as difficult to deal with as any human being on a basketball court. And that's why uh, the Suns have their hands full. Bloomer, we appreciate the time as always, man. Let's, let's Let's make this a good one tonight, Thanks, all right? Johnny.
Dude, the energy is already flowing through me. I'm going to need to, like, somehow. What's anti caffeine? Do you guys have any recommendations? <laughs> Just double down Wait with more caffeine. Yeah, forget about that. Why would you go anti caffeine? <laughs> yeah, Johnny, thank you so much, brother. Thanks, All right, have brother. a great weekend, guys. All right, you too. Take care. That's John Bloom joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. We got into this a little bit with him, but we'll go deeper next. Do you expect Kevin Durant to have a bounce back game tonight? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.